all the ugliness, for all the clunkiness, here we are in late November and the refurbished Minnesota Timberwolves are two games out of first place in the Western Conference. They are ahead of the Warriors, ahead of the Lakers. They're on a winning streak. Uh, so how much, how encouraged are you by these latest developments, John Krasinski? Yeah, I think uh, I was talking to Rudy Gobert last night. He had some very interesting comments about the fans and things that I'm sure we'll get to later. But one thing that I thought was really interesting for uh, in talking to both Gobert, uh, talking to Chris Finch, talking to Carl Anthony Towns, uh, they do believe and they do feel like over the last, say, week to 10 days, you are seeing a team that is starting to play a brand of basketball that they were more expecting of themselves uh, at the start of the season that a lot that some of the clunkiness some of the sludge that they have been trying to kind of work through as they build chemistry and as they figure out how to play together that's starting to dissipate and they are starting to figure out how best to maximize each other um, on the floor when they do that that said they are all quick to say as well that they still have a long ways to go, that they are still trying to avoid the periods of games that are coming up like the first half against Miami on Monday night where the energy and the effort isn't there, where they make some mistakes with turnovers and things like that, and they and and they dig themselves a hole. And so as I think encouraged as they are that they are starting to stack wins together four in a row now. Uh, I still think that they can feel that this isn't an arrival yet for them. They have not figured everything out. This is not the time where they're really putting their foot on their gas and taking off. They are still working through a lot of the kinks and a lot of the issues. It's just that you're seeing smaller stretches of the really poor and uninspired play. And you got to start somewhere, I guess. No doubt about it. He's John Krasinski. This is the John Krasinski show. This is our NBA and Timberwolves show at talknorth.com. You can also hear John on the Viking update show, which is also fascinating these days. Our producer is Brandon Morton. You can go to talknorth.com, see all the shows, all the archives of the shows, but we recommend subscribing your favorite podcast app to any shows you like. It's free. It's easy. It's the easiest way to listen. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod as long as Twitter still exists uh, and see the shows as they are released. A reminder, uh, one of our sponsors here, John, the John Krasinski Show, is Head Flyer Brewing. We had a great time doing the John Krasinski Show there recently. We are going to do uh, the Winter Wear Drive uh, charity promotion version of the Cheryl Reeve show there, December 15th, 7 p.m. Please come out and join us, support a great cause. Uh, we would appreciate it. Thanks to our other sponsors, TSR Injury Law, Manscaped, and All Energy Solar. We'll tell you about them and Head Flyer Brewer, Brewing later. So what specifically has gotten better during this streak? Yeah, a couple of things that are really noticeable. One is the ball is moving a lot more. The, the wolves are sharing the basketball, they're they're moving it around. There's less ISO play. You still see it, especially late in games, but we are seeing um, you know, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, all of them sort of just kind of trying to get the ball swinging side to side, getting open shots for people and and creating better looks uh than they were early in the season. So that is a big 
change and and one that Chris Finch has been pushing. The other one that is a that is a little more under the radar, but also related to the ball movement is they are moving much better without the ball. And so on offense, you are seeing players cut to the basket for backdoor layups. You're seeing players um, kind of relocate to behind the three-point line to coming off of penetration to give drivers a a little bit better target to kick out to. You're seeing uh, just more movement overall within the offense. And so much of the first 15 to 16 games of the season has been characterized by how difficult it has been for the Timberwolves to score. And you see them, you know, kind of standing around watching one player dribble the air out of the ball and, and not creating any kind of movement that makes them hard to guard. And we are starting to see more of that. Jaden McDaniels is doing a really good job of that. Chris Finch told us that Anthony Edwards has really been a catalyst in kind of breathing that sort of energy into the half court offense in particular. And so when you see that happening, that's also a sign of chemistry within the team and that guys are starting to understand each other a little bit more, where they're going to be, what kind of moves they're going to make before they make them. And so there's just a little bit more of a collective synergy that is coming along that I think absolutely needs to happen so that you stop seeing the frustrations on players' faces when one player is is just dribbling the air out of the ball and then jacking a shot um, late in the clock or or forcing things at the basket. Um, they have to make life easier for themselves, and they're starting to do that a little bit. And so share with us what uh, your conversation with Rudy Gobert was like or any other key conversations yeah. you had. We're talking here on Tuesday morning. John, of course, covered the game on Monday night. Yeah, so um, we the the game was another interesting one. Miami, no Jimmy Butler, no Tyler Hero, no Duncan Robinson, playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Kyle Lowry had played 51 minutes the previous night. Um, and, and so um, – there was an expectation that the Wolves would not only just win this game, um, but also try to dictate the tempo and and wear the heat down and jump on them. And instead, what you saw in the first half was uh, just kind of another lifeless effort from them, another uh, uh, situation where they just were not playing hard enough in the first half. And so they're down 13 points at halftime. There were some boos that were coming from the crowd because of that lack of effort. And, um, and so after the game, but sorry, one more part of this is that in the third quarter, they really responded. Well, they came out, they played with force. Anthony Edwards had an incredible third quarter. Jordan McLaughlin's hitting threes and the, the arena came alive really for the first time in, in, in this season, I think is, is the, the brand of basketball that the Timberwolves were playing in the third quarter, got that arena rocking. It was fun to watch. And the fans started to feed off of that energy that the players were given. And so I asked Rudy Gobert in the locker room, just say, Hey Rudy, is this kind of like the loudest and uh, that you've heard the fans here, you know, when, when you guys got on that run in the third quarter and erased that deficit, um, And he said, yes, but I'll just read the quote. He said, I don't appreciate people that come in to boo your team. When you're a fan, you've got to support 
the team in tough or in the tough or the good moments. There's no team in NBA history that only had good moments. So if you're not going to support us in the tough moments, just stay home. I think if you're going to embrace us in the tough moments, then come and then we're going to love the support. And of course, I'm hearing him say this and my, you know, eyebrows are raising and I'm just, yep. okay, you know, <laughs> what? so I follow that up and I just said, hey, Rudy, you know, I think some of that is coming from the expectations that you have, that the fans have for this team and certainly in, in just playing hard and, 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 and putting forth that effort. And so I said, do you think that, that, you know, they just want more out of you in that way? And he said, I don't care. I've never experienced that before. I think you can get, boo- you can get booed if you're really, really playing bad in Utah. I probably can remember in nine years. I don't even remember probably a few times getting booed. Things are not always going to go well. It's a long season. There's a lot of things that come into a season. You can't just boo every time the other team makes a run. That's not the support that we need. That's not the support we expect. At the same time, we're really grateful for the fans, but I think it's a mentality. That's why I appreciate that they cheer when we win, but I hope they support us in tough moments too. And so this is just the clear, you know, um, uh, path that so many new faces follow with this organization, right? They do not carry that scar tissue of the years past. And I think they get taken aback. And this is Rudy's moment where he is not used to being in an organization that has just been letting its fans down for so long. And, and I think um, he's not taking all of that into account when he's looking at how the fans are, are treating this team right now. True. I also think that uh, athletes tend to get caught up in the word fan and most great athletes. And if you make it to the NBA, you're a great athlete. Uh, are you, they were the, the big man on campus in high school. They're a big man on campus in college. They were around almost 100% fully supportive people. Uh, and then you get to the pros and maybe you end up with a Timberwolf and, and all of a sudden the atmosphere is very different. I, I think if, if anybody wanted to do a professional athlete a real service, they would tell them, don't think of them as fans. Think of them as customers. They're spending a lot of money and a lot of time on you. And if you don't perform, just like any customer in any business environment, they're going to let you know about it. Yeah, and, and I hear, I would say this. I will say that in some ways, I understand where Gobert is coming from because I frankly thought that early on in the season, like the first couple of games, when the Wolves were not playing all that well, um, and the boos were coming out, I honestly thought, whew, it's a little bit early for that, guys. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a little bit early for this new team uh, to to be treating them that way, especially like, you know, coming off of last season where they did show that they did reward the fans a little bit more. I understood previous to last season where, look, they've just been kicked in the teeth forever and ever. And, you know, they're surly bunch and they don't give the organization the benefit of the doubt. And that's fine. Um, but I thought that hearing the boos early on in the season was a little over the top. That said, I think that in general, most of the booing has not come from losing games, has not come from missing shots, has not come even from like turnovers or, 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 or playing a little sloppily, um, which I think most people expect 
to happen early on while the Wolves are figuring things out with this new roster. But I think that the most of the booing has been generated by clear nights where effort has been the problem. It's not that, you know, that they're, they're just kind of going through, they're going through the learning process and the growing pains and they're just playing bad basketball because they don't know each other. No, it's because they're not trying very hard. And I think that's the thing that fans really have a difficult time with, given all the money that they spend on tickets, given the time that they devote to the team, given the expectations that they have for this team to really take off after making a, such a big move for Rudy. But um, so when when the team, like in the, in the, uh, the, the one Spurs game, the Knicks game, the Suns game, there have been some real, real clunkers at home where it has been a clear lack of intensity and desire and competitiveness. And that I think is where the fans can be justified in expressing their frustration because um, there've been too many of those nights. And, and so the, the wolves players deserve some ownership in that as well. Uh, No doubt about it. Uh, We came into the season. I think we envisioned a lot of pick and roll with D'Lo and Gobert, a lot of easy dunks, uh, Gobert's movement creating some open shots. Last night, D'Angelo Russell and Rudy Gobert combined for one field goal, uh, zero dunks, and it was Gobert's free throw shooting that ended up making the difference down the stretch. I did not see that coming in a victory. I did not see it either, Jim. And I do think that some of the um, comments that Gobert made to me after the game were probably um, at least a little bit rooted in he did not take a, a, a free throw, a field goal the, the, the entire game. The, yeah. He was zero for zero. Like there were no shot attempts the entire game. To his credit, he knocked down four enormous free throws in the final like 90 seconds. And 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 was a big reason that the Timberwolves were able to hold off the heat and win that game. But um, he was just a complete non-factor for on on offense the whole game. And look, Anthony Edwards had it going. Jaden McDaniels had it going. Carl Anthony Towns had it going. So you know that there's going to be a reduction in the amount of shot attempts and the and and the inclusion in the scoring end of this offense when that when that happens but it was glaring that he had zero shots not one um the entire game and and so there could have been a little bit of frustration with how that played out as well and you know just kind of like uh uh coloring his comments about the fans and about everything else right and and that's one piece of context we should probably always remember is that we are dealing with human beings. They have moods. No matter how much money you pay them, they're still going to be, they're still, they are still subject to the moodiness that we all go through. So maybe sometimes you catch somebody on a bad night. Uh, you know, I still think, yeah. So we're, we won't, we won't hammer him too badly for, for picking on the fans in this case. Well, I do want to get one other my, thing on that. Yes. Sorry, Jim. But one other thing, um, this could be again, I will be interested to see how the fans respond to it. Because last year, if you remember, D'Angelo Russell chided the fans for being mm-hmm. too quiet. And I thought, honestly, at that moment when he did that, I thought he, the fans were really going to respond by booing him, by getting mad at him, by um, by really getting after him that way. And instead, 
what they did was took it as a challenge and ended up being much louder and much more into the game after um, after Russell made those comments. Gobert's are a little more negative, um, so we'll see that. But it could. But I have seen a lot of uh, comments on social media from fans saying, "Yeah, you know, it's been a little toxic in there. We have to be better." Um, as a fan base and supporting the team. So it it could be one of those moments where maybe the team and the players and the fans come together through this. Uh, we'll, we'll have to just see how they react. And if they keep winning, it'll all work out just fine. Uh, yep. I mean, that, exactly. that, that yeah, win games the, and play hard. Like that's really all it yep. takes. Yep. Yes. Uh, I want to get to the bench, McLaughlin, uh, some other uh, Timberwolves issues. One personal note, my wife and I took a mini Break last week, visited some friends in Vegas. We saw Freestyle Love Supreme. It's Lynn Manuel Miranda's uh, hip hop improv- improvisational group. I was telling Brandon and Cheryl about this the other day. One of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. It's phenomenal. If you get a chance to go see it or see it anywhere, please do. It, it is it's stunning how good it was. I thought I just I assumed it would be good. I had no idea how good it would be. Now let's uh, thank TSR Injury Law six one two TSR time six one two TSR time. If you were injured. You call that number, they will help you. They uh, will not charge you unless they win your case. They win a lot of cases. Uh, incredible, incredible success story. That's why you see their ads everywhere. And it's it's really worked in tandem. Uh, they have been successful enough that they can afford to advertise in a lot of places like this and on your, tip, your Timberwolves broadcasts. And, of course, they've uh, done so well by their clients that they continue to grow. Uh, it's a great story. Uh, they're great people. We trust them completely. 612-TSR-TIME. Now, uh, let's hear from John on Head Flyer Brewing. And again, December 15th, 7 p.m., Cheryl Reeves Show, the Winter Wear Drive. It's always a blast. It's a it's a perfect place for, for a venue like that. Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, on Hennepin Avenue, just off of 35W. The, the tap room is great. The beer is even better than the tap room. The service is awesome. Bar, the bartenders, the ownership, everything in there, it's just like – it's an easy and fun place to go. And I think that I've, I, my wife and I have been going there for years long before head flyer brewing sponsored this podcast. And it just is a natural partnership for us because, um, we love to go there, just hang out, have a good beer, watch a game on one of the many, uh, flat screen TVs that they have. And, or you can bring your dog to hang out, bring your friends and family. Um, just, there's so much room to move around. They have great swag to buy t-shirts, hats, all of that stuff. And you can also take some beers home with you, get a growler to bring back with you. Stop by one of the many Metro area liquor stores where you can get head flyer brewing beer and, and just kind of soak it all in. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. When you go in, tell them that the John Krasinski show sent you and enjoy a, a, a nice pint. Watch the wolves play the Pacers on Wednesday night, Charlotte on Friday night, and and st- see if they can start building on this winning streak. Head Flyer Brewing wants to be a place where you go to watch the Timberwolves, to watch the Wild, to watch all these teams, and, and hang out with your friends and have a good time. The Inflation Reduction Act has raised the federal solar investment tax credit from 26% to 30%. That is a surprise, and it's great news. It's a fantastic opportunity for residents and businesses to invest in solar. The rebate includes solar power with battery backup. There may be additional solar incentives depending on the location of the property. Solar power with battery backup can keep your lights on and heat running when a summer or winter storm hits. Solar and 
EVs are the perfect pair. Kick fossil fuels to the curb at home and on the road by using solar to power your EV at home or provide it as a service to your business employees and customers. Now's a great time to secure your spot for next year's installation, and you might want to act soon. According to some studies, one in four homeowners want to invest in solar within the next five years, but the grid has limited capacity. Grab your opportunity while you can before someone else does. And now the famous and infamous Manscaped commercial from John Krasinski. This holiday season, I'll be giving thanks to our friends over at Manscaped. Everyone loves turkey and stuffing, but you'll be looking like dessert with the help of Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have blessed you with the ultimate Thanksgiving dinner topic. Tell your in-laws about your new cutting-edged ball trimmer and gift yourself or the man in your life the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Trim your pumpkins by going to manscaped.com and using the code ATHLETIC for free shipping and 20% off. Think your holiday spread is good? It's time to give thanks to the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, or as I like to call it, the perfect package for your package. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Think of it as a cornucopia for your balls. Their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Plus, it's waterproof. And you can't forget Manscaped's liquid formulations. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Toner Spray are like the pumpkin pie and ice cream after Thanksgiving dinner. Can't live without it. Your balls will be living in turkey heaven with these formulations. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the promo code athletic. Whenever I talk about the Timberwolves this season, I end up going back to the word clunky, and that's what I would say about their bench right now. I like the talent. Uh, you, any On any given night, one of those guys might have a really good game, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of flow. It felt to me like Jordan McLaughlin getting it going and hitting big three-point shots on Monday night. That That felt to me like a step in the right direction. It was a huge step, and, and it really does, um, I think, crystallize – just how I think close the Timberwolves actually could be to having uh, a, a, a much better season, to putting things together. Because during the game last night, they got off in the first half. They were four for 26 from three-point range. So we can talk about effort and energy and intensity and things like that. And they are all important things to talk about. But at the end of the day, if you're missing shots at that rate you're just not going to be winning many games and when you miss those shots your shoulders start to slump you 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 have a harder time getting back on defense you're not as locked in and and it all trickles down they after that four for 26 start they go they hit their next five three-pointers it was edwards it was Jaden mcdaniels it was but it was jordan mclaughlin he was shooting 12.5 percent from three-point range going into last um uh, going into last night and then he he got off to i think it was let me see here yeah he finished four for five from three and so he knocked down three in a row and the whole place just exploded and um you could see that he just 
the way that they're swinging the ball and finding the open shooter and then having that shooter convert those shots, um, it made the world of difference. They were down 13 at half. They roar back in the third quarter. They outscore the Heat 37 to 19 because they're hitting all these open threes. And then the energy and the intensity started to come back after those shots were getting knocked down. Uh, they played much better defense going forward from there. They were much more locked in. Um, they still had to grind out this win. Uh, probably it was a little too close for comfort, but to see McLaughlin, who is one of the hardest workers on the team, who does things the right way, get rewarded with some shots falling like that, the whole team feeds off of that. Um, he is one of the one of the favorite teammates in that locker room, and to see him have that success, man, it just really did do wonders for the overall spirit of the group. And you don't expect him to go four for five every night, but. They finish, if they can just get to a point where they're hitting 33, 34% of their threes, last night they still only shot 29%. Uh, man, it would just open so many things up for this offense and 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 help them kind of breathe some space and some life into it. Uh, that um, That's got to be a focal point going forward is just being more consistent in your shot making. No doubt about it. Uh, and Bryn Forbes looked good. You know, he's, he's had a really nice career. He looked good in the preseason. He has not been very productive, hasn't really played much lately. Uh, what's his status? Can you still see him being a factor? Well, it, it, so, uh, yeah, I think that he came in um, as a, a sort of – the Wolves were hoping that he might be a guy that could help them fill Malik Beasley's shoes. Beasley was – an incredibly prolific three-point shooter from volume and percentage-wise, and moving him to Utah was a big loss for them uh, in that way. And so you knew that Jalen Noel was going to be kind of the main option for offense off the bench, but even though he shot really well from three last year, he's not the same type of three-point shooter. Um, that just I'm just going to catch and shoot and keep firing them up. Um, that Michael Malik Beasley was Bryn Forbes is more of that kind of player. We saw him in the preseason hit everything that he threw up there. But I think as as the season has gone along here and Chris Finch has tried to shorten his bench and like really sort of coalesce around a group of about eight guys, nine guys to play. Forbes has become the in case of emergency break glass option. And he was that guy last night. They, 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 they could not hit a shot to save their lives in the first half. So uh, Finch went to Forbes, but he played four minutes. He was 0 for 2 from 3 and, and, and did not make an impact. So he has yet to really have any kind of a positive contribution in the regular season so far. He's not shot it well at all. Um, I do think eventually, just given historically how good he has been, that that he will start to knock down shots, but if you're not if he is not knocking down shots, there's not much else he's doing to help this team right now. So he's not going to get too many minutes. If you look at these this team's 
cumulative statistical profile team stats. They're not exceptional in any areas, but they're also not bad in a lot of areas. You know, they're doing okay in points per game and rebounds and everything else. Uh, And you can see all those numbers going up if they start, if they continue to play better. They are 25th in the league in three-point field goal percentage. Uh, So we've talked about Forbes, talked about McLaughlin. Uh, Where does that need to improve? Yeah, I mean, it's really, um, you know, and like I do think it's, it's going to be less about the Forbes of the world and the McLaughlin's of the world. Um, you know, J-Mac is just not going to, if you're relying on J-Mac to hit threes, you you have a problem. Um, so I, I really believe that it's just got to be Jaden McDaniels who went three for six last night. Um, it's got to be cat. He was two for eight and he went out um, after the game and got a bunch more shots up. So he's just not felt real comfortable shooting that yet. Um, and and it's got to be Edwards and Russell. Russell was 0 for 4 uh, last night. Couldn't couldn't hit anything. And you, they just need more consistency from the guys who are going to be taking a lot of those shots. Jalen Noel is really struggling from three point range right now. He's just in a real funk that way. Um, he was 0 for 4 last night as well. And so they they need their their big guys, the guys who are expected to be volume shooters just to be more consistent. I do think that a lot of those numbers will level out. Um, I think Edwards will shoot better. I think Carl Anthony Towns will absolutely shoot better. Um, But right now, they're all kind of going through their slumps at the same time, unfortunately. And so maybe that means that the booms will come um, collectively uh, a little bit more uh, down the road here and everything will look a lot better. But um, there's, you know, Chris Finch is starting to really pare down this rotation and go with guys who he really has a lot of faith in. And those guys have to start delivering, um, on a much more consistent basis than they have been. We've been talking for decades about parody in the NFL, how it serves their uh, business model. The NBA has always been about stars and super teams right now. We're seeing parody. Uh, and I, why are we seeing parody and is it a good thing? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, there's been some injuries that um, that certainly have been involved in it. But, uh, you know, Phoenix has lost Chris Paul. Denver's still getting Jamal Murray back in the flow of things. The Clippers are playing without Kawhi for, for a bunch of games. He just, I think he just came back after missing some games. Um, but, uh, yeah, like you look at the, the, the West right now as we, as we record this on Tuesday morning. And the Wolves are nine and eight and it has been underwhelming. It's been difficult, right? It's been um, it's hard to watch at times, but the, the first place team in the West is Utah at 12 and seven. They have one fewer losses than the Wolves do. Um, so, you know, that's, that, that just shows where this sort of conference is so jam packed. And I love it, actually. Um, you know, forever and ever, the NBA has had a parity issue. It's you know because one star can be so influential. Uh, it, it, you see teams like get to the head of the pack and just kind of stay up there. Now it does feel like this is kind of a, you know almost anyone's conference. The Kings are red hot all of a sudden, and they're nine and six, and they're in fifth place. Like a little winning streak can help you climb the ladder um, pretty quickly in this conference. And so I think that 
that that's the best case scenario for uh, the Timberwolves is they have taken their lumps. They have really struggled in the early part of this season to find an identity. And yet they are right in the thick of this thing right now. And they are playing a bunch of winnable games coming up here over the next couple of weeks and, and could really make some hay. And, you know, if you, if you look, you know, in December and if they get to a, a situation where they're somewhere around like 12 and eight or so after 20 games, like, you can work with that. And um, as long as they get that improvement, but I love the parody. I think it, it brings a, um, an unpredictability to an often too predictable league. And I think it's going to make for an incredibly compelling race for the playoffs and the play in all season long. No doubt about it. It's fascinating. And uh, you know, we, we watched teams like Utah come in here and win early and it, it felt like a horrible thing. And now you look at it and go, you know, that's yeah, not bad. Well, that's a pretty good team, you know, and, yeah. and, I, and I really like the way they play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're playing really hard. They like they do a lot of the things that the Wolves do not right now. They play hard all the time. They share the ball and they have a an egoless sort of approach to the game that is really serving them well. I do think that eventually they will hit a bit of a wall from a talent aspect. They have really, really good players, but... Um, I think some of it will start to level off just a little bit and they will come back to the pack um, a little bit. And maybe the Wolves, their talent, the overall talent that they have will help them sort of rise out of the rubble a little and and and, and climb the ladder a little bit. But, um, but they've been really, really fun to watch. Um, and what I've kind of said all season is like, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. So even, you know, we look at the Wolves losing a couple of those games to the Spurs and at the time, the Spurs were playing incredibly well when they beat the Wolves. They were beating other teams and other good teams um, a lot. Now they have really hit the wall and they have tailed off and they're getting blown out a lot. And and so it, those losses are going to look a little bit uglier as we look back on it at the end of the season. But in the moment, they were not, they were playing really, really well. They played the you know the Wolves play the Miami Heat. They catch them with Jimmy Hurt with Kyle Lowry on the second night of a back-to-back playing so many minutes with, with Hero and Robinson out and they they're able to win that game. They play Philadelphia without Harden and Maxi. Like they're they're They've caught a few of these teams, Cleveland without Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen. It's, these are good teams that they've just caught at the right moment. So um, yeah, they're just surviving right now is, is, is what it is. And the hope internally is that, they can if they they can survive long enough until you get some real clicking coming on with this group, and then they can go on a bit of a run. Let's get a final thought from John. Thanks again to TSR Injury Law, Manscaped, All Energy Solar, and Head Flyer Brewing. That date again, December fifteenth, seven p.m. for the Winter Wear Drive and a live Cheryl Reeve show. It'll be a blast. I promise. Come on out and join us. It's a great place to hang out. All right, John, give us your final thought. Yeah, last last thought for for me from this one is like I really you know kind of wrapping up on Gobert from where we started. I do think that the game against Miami, the second half against Miami specifically, was the first time that this team was really fun to watch for an extended stretch of time. Um, seeing Anthony Edwards with a big blocked dunk attempt and then a, a step back three, um, seeing Gobert 
gobble up some rebounds in in big spots and hit some free throws seeing cat be as efficient as he is and and fill the box score but then getting up and down and playing at a pace and with an intensity that we really haven't seen that much of and the wolves have to find a way to bottle that and to be that team that they were in the second half on a much more consistent basis and then you will hear the crowd reward you for that effort and um, I just think that that's going to be a key and they the Wolves hope that that is the beginning of something there um, that just hasn't been there for most of the season it's been a even in their wins it's been hard to watch them play basketball and win that second half that was fun to watch and so Hopefully we can you know, see more of that going forward here. Yes, and, and it's an interesting week. A good Indiana team, a bad Charlotte team, and then an always intriguing uh, Warriors team that's struggling right now, but obviously has the great pedigree that'll be at uh, Target Center on, on Sunday afternoon. I plan on being there for that. Uh, so, hey, for John Krasinski, Brandon Morton, and Jim Suhan, thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.